I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Wife, baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. Stevie Milhausen here, another walkway to Fight Club, and yes, this is a pre-post night one. Yes, there's two nights, ladies and gentlemen, of the crap show known as WrestleMania, and from the empty arena performance center in Orlando, Florida, and the main event took place in a cemetery. Yes, it took place in a cemetery, and joining me, we got a special guest today, he's rising star in the Wrestling journalistic game, the one and only Daryl Rivera, and man, that hair, my friend. Did you just like, did you, you did one of two things with that hair. You either just woke up from a horrendous, a horrendous event. I wouldn't say horrendous. I would say mediocre event. Or the Undertaker buried you and you lost the Boneyard match. Yeah, so you see out that was actually my hand on there it wasn't aj's he needed a stunt double so that's how the hair ended up this way i was gonna say you and aj kind of you know does your hair move it's kind of like vince mcmahon and donald trump i wonder if does, does the hair move no not at all this is uh this pure puerto rican curls it's not it's not gonna move at all it's just gonna stick into place so it's like a rod here pretty much yeah a rod's hair doesn't move 
No, but A-Rod always keeps it short. Mine is, if I let it grow, I start looking like Willie Nelson a little bit, like get the bandana and everything, but it doesn't move. It just stays there. So Puerto Rican hair, man, is solid. Is there anything in that hair right now? No. No. You could have said, and I would have said it looked really good. You could have gotten some, like, you could have gotten, like, mad props there because they've been like, Whoa, he like gelled his hair, he put the hair spray he put some mousse in and made the hair look like that. It just naturally looks like that. So you're do are you like me to where the haircut only happens once a month? Once every two months. Wow. And this because the missus tells us And you're in a long term relationship, my friend. Yeah, the missus hey, if the missus says, Hey, go get a haircut, I have to go to sports clubs or something and get the haircut, get it done. Wow. So this is what we you've learned here. Walk away to Fight Club fans. A, his hair, he doesn't do. B, no. he lets it go for two months. Which, by the way, means you have a good woman. No. We'll, we'll start there. You're still the lucky one, though. And three, you are whipped because she has to tell you to go. <laughs> and you go run like a puppy dog in the night and do it. Listen, at the long at the end of the day, it's happy wife, happy life, or in this case, happy girlfriend, happy life. Because so, so the last doing? the last conversation I want to have is, why is your hair so long? I already get that grief from my grandmother. I don't want to hear it from at home as well. All right, <laughs> I'm living with her now. Everything's going great. I don't want to hear the why don't you ever listen to me and not cut your hair? What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, see, me and my wife had this conversation Thursday night. We're done. I'm done working for the day. I'm sipping on a couple of Goose Islands. Was in the sunroom. We ventured eventually to the living room. We're sitting watching TV. We're talking. She's like, "I, you should have saw me two days ago, Daryl. Man, I had the beard going. Look, I hadn't shaved in like a month. My hair, as you can see in the video here, yeah. looks <laughs> not good at all. I was going to say, that's the longest I've ever seen your hair. Everyone <laughs> says this to me. It's like my mother and father-in-law stopped over to see my, my uh, kids yesterday while we, I was doing yard work. My mother-in-law just looked at me. She's like, "So my head fell off." She's like, "What do you?" She's like, "What's with this hair?" And I'm like, "Is my wife calls it the lazy Steve?" That's what she calls it. And I'm like, "I look at this way, Daryl. Eleven and a half years. I got a nice, big, beautiful house. Two great kids. Two great dogs. Who am I aiming to please when I'm in the house? I can't leave because of the corona." So yep. who's gonna see my hair besides the lady at the drive-through at Dunkin' Donuts, or the delivery driver who's coming to deliver my food? Who? I have the same argument about the beard. This is the longest I've ever had it too. Now that right there is some like Ron Jeremy porn stash special art. That's beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's beautiful stuff. I'm not gonna lie. That's grade A stuff there, my friend. That's quality. You're putting me over a little too much here. <laughs> no, that's like some Ron Jeremy porn star stash special there. Keep that. If she's letting you keep that, God bless you. God bless America. God bless yeah. the future Mrs. Rivera. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm yeah, sure but... she'll be happy to hear that tomorrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, man. I shave like once every three weeks. Like I went a month and it was like starting to come in. I like finally felt like I hit got out of puberty and I'm 39 so think about that ladies and gentlemen 39 years of age hey you finally broke through puberty and you started to grow a man beard man they got like all itchy and 
I was getting like stuff stuck in there, and I'm like, you know what, we're done. Yeah, I'm getting to that point. Don't worry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I think it was, yeah, yesterday. I just like went upstairs real quick, and I'm like, I'm going upstairs. I told him the wife, I'm gonna. I was getting ready to do yard work, so I'm like, I'm gonna go shake this off. She came down. She's like, what did you do? And I'm like, you didn't like it anyway, so I'm pleasing you without you <laughs> telling me what to do for once in my life. I listen to you. But I guess we were supposed to talk about a wrestling show. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, that did happen today. We talked about it earlier. But controversially, the WWE decided to hold WrestleMania two nights at the WWE Performance Center. Two matches taking place outside of the PC. And, you know, you could say what you want if they should have canceled the show or continued the show. I'm of the belief, Daryl, this didn't need to happen this weekend. Yeah, there's bad stuff going on. People are dying, and it's growing by the day. More confirmed cases of COVID-19 by the day. I, and I get the what everyone said, like especially in WWE and UFC about you know putting smiles on people's faces. We want to entertain. I half-heartedly believe that. But then... I get that more of that gnawing side of me is like, you know what? Let's get it together first. Because at the end of the day, we're still, at the end of the day, WrestleMania would still happen. We'd still see wrestling shows at the end of the day. Not today, but soon in the future. And we'll see fights in the future. This show didn't need to happen. Because this felt nothing like WrestleMania. Yeah, and I agree. I it. I was in the belief that it shouldn't have happened. Personally, just because, like you said, this thing is spreading everywhere. WrestleMania, the main thing, it's it's the biggest show that wrestling has to offer. Without the fans, it's incredibly different. And it was noticeable tonight. Like, the matches were fantastic, most of them. And then we'll get to that a little more later on. But the matches lacked that the fan experience. You see the fans, sometimes you get distracted by the fans. And you may miss some mistakes that they might make. And I'll get to those more on the show like when we start talking about the matches and everything. But not having the fans there, I get it. You want to put on the show for the people that are living at home. But my, and I have a list here of events that we're gonna, I'm going to end up watching later on. Like old events. I'm watching three. Like Tito Trinidad versus uh, Macho Camacho. Like I'm watching fights like that. There's ways to entertain during the wrestlers and how they do it. Go ahead. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing that. But you're endangering the wrestlers and everything like that. I get it. They want to perform for the fans because that's that's what they love to do today. But it, also, at the end of the day, you're risking one the biggest superstar in the company, one of the face of the company, Roman Reigns, is not there because of his past health history, and no one should ever blame him for anything of that because. If you go through leukemia and this happens, yeah, you're a no-go. As soon as it happened, that was my first thought. I'm like, well, Reigns is not going to be able to wrestle because he's going to be exposed to everything. Like, he's overexposed. But it was something that, without the fans, it was weird. But I will take my half head off, and I'll this is a little preview of my opinion. I liked it. I was entertained. Should it have happened? I would have preferred to see them maybe in June when all this cleared out. But it happened. I was entertained by it. That is what it is. I hope, June. My God. 
It's like you you look at you know boxing's done through May. Anthony Joshua, Kubrat Pulev, have you unified heavyweight title fight on June twentieth postponed. So you you know you want to say June? That's being you know you want to be optimistic. Yeah, I want to see fights. You want to see fights. I want to see pro wrestling matches. You know, we all want to see what we love. It's weird. This is the first Saturday night I've worked since UFC 248. You know me, Daryl. I work every Saturday. I have to admit, I'm not going to lie, it's been great to be out. I've gotten to spend time with my wife. I've to spend time with my kids. It's nice to have, like, the old normal. Like, 10 years ago, I haven't spent a Saturday night, like, off a year. Because I'm on the road. Or I'm home. So, it's like, it's never, there's never, like, a whole weekend where very, I could maybe, I can count on two hands weekends a year. I'm actually at home. But, this, this was rough. No. This was rough. Like, I had to pay attention. I had a live blog for Sporting News. Don't get me wrong. I love my job. It's great. I, I'll, I, and I never take it. But this could have waited. It was just like you dropped the Roman Reigns issue, and we'll get into that in a few minutes, and how that went down, the situation with the Miz, and the Raw Tag Title situation, which takes place tomorrow night. And I think the most bothersome thing to me, okay, if you're going to do the show, okay. Do I agree with it? No. It should have, whenever things are going to get back to some some sort of normalcy. Do it then. Whether it's I kept hearing, and I, me and you were talking. Like I've been, I was told June seventh was a date. July twelfth was another date that I had, I had been told they were thinking about as well. I thought July twelfth was more reasonable. If I'm going to pick two dates, because July's they were, they were saying with this warmer temperatures, defuse this this outbreak, and which. I'm no medical expert. I'm not going to tell you it is or it isn't. I just listen to these people. But when you're the guy you view as your top full-time act, I don't think he is. I think it's Becky Lynch full-time-wise. And overall, to me, it's Brock Lesnar. But that's that's their perception. That's how they feel. God bless them. A lot of things say differently. But when that happens, it's like, okay, you try, you risked. And it blew up in your face. And then you're having to play catch-up all week trying to say, well, it's going to be a unique situation. It's gonna do, we're going to find a unique way to take them out. They just wouldn't say we're taking them out. No. You could have gained some goodwill here and just said, you know what? He's out. This is what happened. And they wouldn't even say coronavirus. I, it was either circumstances beyond our control or unique set of circumstances. Or unique circumstances. Get the F out of here. And I kept asking them all week why they wouldn't say it. And I never got a response to that question. They were kind enough to give me an interview with Drew McIntyre. Which, by the way, I should have said this at the beginning. It'll air at the end of this podcast. So there's a little teaser for you. You gotta listen to us, yaks, for a little while. Then you get to listen to the guy headlining this whole entire shing, this whole entire kid banging caboodle tomorrow night against Brock Lesnar. But um, you could have just done it then. You know, you could have waited. Could have done this in June. Could have done it in July. Could have done it in August. Forget SummerSlam. Have have I think SummerSlam's in Boston. Have it at the TD Garden. 
yeah, it's only 20,000 people or whatever, but you know what, though? It still would look and feel like WrestleMania. Exactly. And you get the – you get – there were spots tonight that, in my opinion, would have been would have benefited from having the, the crowd reaction. Yeah. Like at some points – for example, my girlfriend barely watches wrestling. She was watching it with me. And there were spots that – me, I'm a wrestling fan. I've been watching it my entire life. I popped. I was like, whoa, that was awesome. And she's like, what? I missed it. What happened? <laughs> and so, that's the thing. The crowd makes a bigger difference than you think. My wife said a weird – I had to tor- go through torture, Chinese torture, Chinese water <laughs> torture, and live blog Monday Night Raw for a couple <laughs> weeks. Thank God we stopped it. <laughs> I did it. I was a good soldier, but it was bad. It was and this was just as I will say this was better than your edition of Monday Night Raw. I'm not gonna go dig. I'm not gonna dig them too far and bury them that far. Yeah. But it's one of those things to where go back to Reigns because we'll we'll get it out of the way now. You could have just you that guy got killed. You got these idiot people on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm looking and I'm like, why are you killing this guy? Because. And if I'm him, I'm legit pissed at the company. Because you got to look at that as, this is the guy you built your company around. You hit Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker. And a streak that should have never been broken, by the way. And That's a discussion just, for another day. Oh, yeah, oh God. I There will be a time and place for that conversation. I've got, got into that with Paul Heyman. And he disagrees with me on that until the face turns purple. We've I gotten, disagree with you on that as well, but we'll talk about that. We've gotten in heated discussions about I did not think, and I love Brock. Grace is with me in the past with Tom. Mm. I just wasn't a fan of that idea. But you did that. You built this guy. had him headline four straight WrestleManias. And you did him dirty like that. That's wrong. I don't care what people say. That is flat out wrong. It's flat out bullshit. You know, that was your guy. That wasn't just like a Braun Strowman that you can <laughs> mercifully kill. And hey, you know what? You're going to go pummel and plow through Bill Goldberg and become the undisputed, become the universal champion. What a joke that was. And the fact they gave that schmuck the title. I'll say it. Braun Strowman's a schmuck. <laughs> they gave him the title. But you did Roman like that. And you had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I I didn't watch SmackDown last night. I didn't watch it live. I was told, hey, I didn't think they were going to do it. I thought they were going to be like, hey. And during the pre-show, they were like, hey, Strowman's in. Or I thought they'd be cute and do an angle on the show tonight. Yeah. At least give me my money's worth a little bit. And they didn't just come back from commercial. Oh, Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns is out, Braun Strowman's in, and he's facing Bill Goldberg for the Universal title. WTF. It was like... That was my reaction. That was my reaction, exact reaction when I saw it, because I was watching SmackDown. I saw the brief... It I'm was sorry. like a slip, and like, they just tried to hide it. They're like, hey, here's a little tidbit. Um, instead of Roman Reigns. They didn't explain why. They didn't... They just said, yeah, Reigns is out. That's it. He's out. What you doing? The world... Why? The world knows what's going on. This is a global pandemic. Everybody, your audience is not stupid. They know what's going on. Just say, hey, 
this guy went through this. We want to make sure he's healthy. We want to make sure nothing happens to him or his family. So this is why he's, that's it. That's all you have to do. And you know what the kicker is? We wrote, and I'm not saying exactly, I'm going to always pump up my employer first. Sporting news. We, we wrote about, we usually don't write about reports about wrestling news. Unless it's like injuries and covering shows or like something that isn't officially confirmed. Because you know how wrestling is. Wrestling's funky about rumors and innuendo and all that nonsense. But yep. this, we, everyone knew this happened. We reported. ESPN.com wrote a report about it. They lied that Triple H lied to everybody. He lied to ESPN twice. <laughs> I texted Ariel Hawani and I'm like, do you believe him? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, why didn't you call him out? And he left. He's like, Steve, come on. You know? And I'm like, no, I know. But I'm like, I give him credit because he asked the question. Because I, I thought it was a little, the way you phrased it, I thought, okay, just answer. Hey, oh, we're going to do it under a unique. Like, he said it without saying it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do it under a unique circumstance. <laughs> we're going to do it in a unique way. Oh, he sure did it unique, Paul. <laughs> oh, they were not happy with me when I put that on Twitter. Hey, no. We'll reveal that a little bit. I get a text message. <laughs> My wife laughed. She's like, what the hell? She's like, what happens? I told her. She's like, well, that was kind of shitty of them. I'm like, well, I freaking blast. She's like, why'd you blast? I'm like, because I'm being honest with the people. It was a bait and switch. And that wasn't cool. Just be honest. You know, there's a, like you said, there's a worldwide pandemic. I think people will get it. Yeah. It's 2020. This isn't. 1990 this isn't 1990 or even 2000 where you're still you can get away with like the carny days where you can bs a little bit people are gonna buy it and you can fool them this stuff it doesn't work in this day of age of in wrestling it just doesn't lie it's like just say it admit it you could have gotten some legit sympathy here you could have made roman reigns to be a freaking hero then you made him look like a complete moron and he had to take the heat for something that they failed to do. If I'm him, I don't come back until there are fans allowed in the arena. And there is there is a vaccine. I hope he does that. I would stick it straight up their ass, Daryl. I really would in this situation. Because they did him wrong. And they've been doing him wrong. Oh, yeah. I, we talked about this. We've been talking to this for years since I met you about how the whole Roman Reigns, like the buildup, how they built them up to the, be this basically the second coming of John Cena after he stopped rapping. They built them up. Mighty Cena, super Superman Cena. No one can beat him. He He's going to take a DDT floor, come back and make Wade Bear tap out in SummerSlam 2010. That's so Roman bad. Reigns again. So bad. So bad. It's it. That's what we're looking at. And then, unfortunately, unfortunately, some circumstances with the leukemia thing that brought a little light to him again. It brought reality-based storyline. And I'm not saying leukemia storyline. I'm like grateful that you know he's good and yeah. back to good health. But it's stuff like you have him go through all these hurdles. You make the fans boo him as much as they did. Because I still remember the Raw after WrestleMania when he beat The Undertaker. Oh. 
He said two words in 13 minutes. That was phenomenal. 13 minutes. I loved it. That was like the best promo of his career. (laughs) He said four words. Four words he said that night. Best promo of his career. I beat The Undertaker. Pipe bomb. Adios, muchachos. If I remember correctly, he said, this is your, my yard now. And then he just dropped the mic and left. And that was great. It was fantastic. But he was he had nuclear. Then everything happens. Now you're starting to save face again. And then you feed him. The, you do this to him. And it's just, I agree with you. Listen, if he doesn't come back until there's people, there's a vaccine, there's people back in the stands, I wouldn't blame him one bit. If I were him, I'd do the exact same thing. I'm like, you know what? I took the entire heat for this. I'm just going to sit at home with my family and play with my daughters and just stay out of this. Because he's such a good guy. I, I've had one conversation. We talked for about 20 minutes. This was old. I think it was when he made me a 31, if I remember correctly. And yeah. such a nice, even then, I, and I watched that mania recently for uh, – like an anniversary piece I did last week for Sporting News. And I'm like, man, he looks so different, so bushy-eyed and deer in the headlights kind of way. But he came out and he delivered in that match. And he can say what he wants. Does he deserve the position? No, I'm not going to lie. I'm tooting his horns. I think he's very good in the ring. and But he just doesn't – he's not the guy in my mind. I mean, he's not. Everyone's got a different classification to each his own. But he got done bad here. And we'll just start with the main – before we – I want to get more than that match in a minute, and that circumstance. But let's get right quick to the main event. It was the Boneyard match. And Undertaker beat AJ Styles, and which was expected. I don't, I don't think anyone was really expecting AJ Styles to win in the Undertaker's type of match. I thought it would have been cool. I would have went that way just for – see the internet, like, really explode, crap their pants, and watch Twitter vent some more about why WWE is terrible. I'm never yeah. watching again, and I'm canceling the network, bro. You ain't canceling nothing, people. But um, <laughs> I hate those people. Gotta love wrestling fans on Twitter. They're the best. <laughs> um, hashtag. Okay, you're the you're the you're the schmucks that will sign up the next day, resign up, or not even cancel, and they'll still take your nine ninety nine until you can complain and bitch some more. But the match wasn't bad. I. You know, and I was telling you this before we came on. I liked it. Was the match great? No, it was. It was a brawl. Let's just let's just be honest. It was a good. It was a good brawl, and it had some. I liked the movie. Like it was like it was like shot like a better, like a really upgraded horror movie. It was shot really well. The sequences were done really well. The it was. I liked when he came on the mo. AJ come. AJ coming out. Undertaker coming down on the motorcycle into the cemetery. It was just like little things like that. I thought like the way it was shot, those little different nuances. The Druids, yeah, I could have done without whatever. Gettles and Anderson, I knew that was coming. But the Druids, that was kind of lame. But the way it was shot, the way they did the moves, well done, was it? That was the right match to close the show considering the circumstances. Definitely, and especially... You had, and this was an intriguing match for me, because we were talking, I think, when they announced the Bonier match. We were texting each other back and forth. And it ended up with me asking you, what the hell is a Boneyard match? Because nobody knew what it was. And I apologize for not answering you. I, like, woke up. Like, 
I'll, and I apologize to you and I apologize to the many people that I know that listen and that I know, send me messages. I'm shitty about that these days. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm, my butt is not used to starting work at 9 o'clock in the morning. Man. At 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm just I'm taking the dogs out. I'm feeding them. I'm getting ready to make my butt some my wife some, and my kids some breakfast. Listen, up I and know. Starting work at 9 in the morning, I'm not going to lie, is 9 central. It's normally not my cup of tea, so I apologize <laughs> greatly. And I'm, it, it takes nope. me about four hours to wake up. So, due to math, one in the afternoon, I'm finally getting into a rhythm. No apologies needed. I've I've known you for years now. I know I know exactly how everything oh, works, man. Oh, you're oh, you're gonna get to me at some point. That's man, that's all I know. You just made me out to be freaking Vince McMahon here. Jeez. <laughs> God, all man. I know is I'm getting a response at some point. Yeah. I just send a text and then wait for it. That's it. <laughs> But I didn't know <laughs> it was an unknown. I didn't know what we were gonna get out of this match. At least I didn't. Because Boneyard were like, okay, where's it gonna take place? What is it? And then my biggest question was Undertaker be able to keep up with AJ. Because AJ arguably is the best, you know, wrestler they have right now, scales point. And Undertaker obviously way past his prime. Can he deliver with the best wrestler they have right now? And honestly, this is the best way they do it. I don't ever want to see Undertaker out of a Boneyard match ever again. Like, I don't want to see him in a live crowd. I want to see this movie-type match. Because this was great. I, at some point, the intrigue of the match, too, the promos beforehand. Like, when I saw Undertaker cut that promo on AJ last Monday... I didn't know what we were getting. Were we getting Dead Man or were we getting the American Badass? I thought we were going to get like a combination of both. And turns out that's what we got. Because yeah. you had some heat coming out on the motorcycle to Metallica. That was fantastic. As soon as I saw the motorcycle, I, I'm not going to say it, I marked out. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Because American Badass is the Undertaker I grew up with. That's the that's the first Undertaker I saw okay. as a wrestling fan, and that's the first known thing that I saw. And I'm like, awesome! I want to see more of that. Let's. Where are we gonna go from here? And then when he throws him in the cast in the in the grave the first time, and then he comes back behind them. It's a hint of the dead man. It's mind games and everything like that. So it's a combination of both. And you know what? Tip of the cap, man. They did a fantastic. It was, I couldn't decide whether I liked it, loved it, disliked it. I I was entertained the entire time. That was I was entertained easy. too. I liked it. And this was weird. And this is a peek behind the curtain. My night tonight was blog and working with the senior editor of Combat Sports for Sporting News and DAZN, Andreas Hill. And we were doing a match grades piece. So, like, I would be doing, I'm doing the blog, he'd send me his grade for a certain, for the match, and then I'd put it in, and, you know, and I'm giving my two cents, and I'm writing and looking up, and I'm like, I was well ahead. So, I'm looking, and I'm, like, watching this, and I'm like, you had me captivated. Now, my wife isn't the biggest wrestling fan either. You think after 10, almost 11, over, almost 12 years, I had a header as a wrestling fan. But she watches She's not a fan, but she will watch. She'll throw in a critique here. She thinks Drew McIntyre's wife is very ugly, by the way. All right. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. But 
Because <laughs> the Chronicle was, they did a Chronicle for McIntyre. I'm like watching it while I'm just, I'm going, I'm like finishing up the blog. And letting you know, hey, this is kind of what my time frame is here. And I like didn't see her at the time. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, she's like, man, I guess his wife. Because I was telling her I talked to him. I'm like, oh, yeah, my, the interview's going to air. We're going to, audio's going to go tomorrow. I was like, oh, cool. And I saw her. Like, she went up with my little guy to bed. I just looked up. I'm like, man, she's ugly. It's like, Drew, you're the going to be the WWE champion. Yeah, the, but that is for hearing her there. But um, I don't know <laughs> where I went with that. I don't know why. But I liked it. I had very low expectations. I think that's why I liked it. I wasn't expecting... Undertaker Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25 and 26 or his end of an era match with Triple H at WrestleMania 28. Um, it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't phenomenal. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> notice with me, Daryl, you're going to get a lot of puns, ladies and gentlemen, and um, who know, who, who listen to me for years. Well, I take this very seriously, but I also like to crack jokes because WWE makes this very entertaining for me. Um, but, you know, it was good. It was it was average. There was, like, I thought it was shot well. It was a brawl. I, the one thing I did like was Taker was in the, in the grave. And, like, Styles was, like, like, in there, like, ha-ha. Like, he was going to get into the tractor, and he stood above him again, and he t- turned around and Taker was out. I'm like, I thought that was cool. Like I was yeah. kind of, I was like, okay, I'm like that one. That was well done. I mean, that was a good shot. It was really good editing, and I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm like, that was awesome. It was good. It was, it was average. I wouldn't. It was the right match to close the show. I thought just because you can go with the nostalgia of the Undertaker. It's his match. You're not, a, you know, he's not having to do too much. Some punching, some kicking, choke slams. Maybe a clothesline or two and some kicks. And, and that front kick was nasty. Yep. <laughs> that was some Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort, UFC 126 <laughs> action. Or Leona Machida when he sent sent Randy Couture's head from Toronto back to Las Vegas. That Jesus. was, that was Brian, I'm thinking about that. Oh, that was an awesome, I'm going to have to watch that fight tonight. But no, that oh, was on the list. I got to watch it soon. Oh, that's <laughs> great card. Very, And that was the second fight on the main card. Get the heck out of here. That was a great card. Um, but then let's get to the Coleman. We'll just kind of go up top to bottom. Um, Goldberg, Braun Strowman, Universal Title. <laughs> I get a chuckle out of the fact Daryl and Strowman's in the ring, and Goldberg did his entrance in the Performance Center. It's... I just looked and I'm like, I looked at my wife and she's like, "Why is he doing that?" Because she's seen like I've watched some old Goldberg stuff. I don't know why. I've been very bored when I'm done working for the day and I'll just watch, I watch wrestling all day. And I was like watching a thunder and he was facing like Mike Enos. <laughs> and she's like, why is he still doing that? I'm like, I don't know. There's no one there. I did. Uh, luckily he did not bleed. Luckily he did not suffer a concussion doing that. So, but Bill's Bill is a good guy. Um, it was just funny. I'm like, Okay. You can just walk to the ring, give me the smoke. Dude, ah! Come off like Schwarzenegger. I'd be cool with that. Cool. Awesome. Let's, like, rock and roll with that. But we did not get that. And it was what it was. You got four jack. You got 
I those those spears, man. Especially those last three spears. Hot damn. Good old yeah. Bell, man. Freaking. <laughs> if he's gonna do four, five moves, hey, make him look great. Make nice him look and... like you're literally about to murder a human being. Hey. <laughs> Hey, if you're looking at someone to kill somebody, bring in Bill Goldberg. Um, no, Jack, four spear, three spears, kick out. Right when you kicked out, you're like, oh, they're going to do Strowman. Oh, it was just like, why? I just like lowered my head in shame. As soon as, soon as that happened, I, this is what I wanted to see. And Bill Goldberg, trust me, as soon as I knew he was going to go down to brains, I just didn't know what was going to happen with Braun. Especially with his latest uh, Twitter antics, which I'm not a fan of whatsoever. But while you were having your uh, texting back and forth with your editor, uh, Andreas, I was having the same thing with my brother in the Rivera household. And my brother just sent me a vomit face emoji as soon as he kicked out. And I'm like, yep, exactly what's going to happen. As soon as he kicked out, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to they're going to do it. And as soon as he picked them up, I thought when Goldberg kicked out of the th- or uh, when Strowman was, you know, taking his time for the fourth one, because apparently it takes four power slams to knock a 50 or 50 year old man down. In order to do that, <laughs> while he was waiting, I'm like, OK, we might see a jackhammer or a spear. Game over. Goldberg wins. Perfect. Let's see that. You're thinking that common sense. And from what we know with WWE, common sense goes out the window as soon as, you know, man looks like he can eat Goldberg for lunch and then come back. Um, means man's going to put him down, pin him, and then he's champion without any buildup, without any – No, if, I, if nobody saw SmackDown, they looked at the pre-show. They're like, Braun Strowman's facing Goldberg. What the hell? Where did this come from? Like, wasn't it supposed to be – the face of the company going up against this guy for, you know, spear versus spear. Now we're getting Goldberg versus the guy that just screams and then goes raw and then it's over. Like I, where did this come from? I saw SmackDown. So I knew what happened. My brother didn't, he had no idea how this, how, how this happened at all. And then you put the universal champion, but the biggest thing that annoyed and not only that, is basically everything that happened in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg going over the hottest act in the company that you had, The Fiend. And I texted you as soon as it happened. Did they really just do that? Like, yes. They sure. And the thing was about that, man, I knew. I didn't ask. I already knew. I'll usually poke around a little bit. didn't even bother. You just no. knew they were going to do it. Everyone's like, ah, oh, no, no, no. He, Bray's going to pull him over, you know, make him look strong for Bill. No. He don't understand Vince McMahon, dude. Now, I'm keeping the more people. And people are starting to come around on this. It, slowly, Daryl. Slowly but surely. But Ariel Hawani, I just wanted to, because I was just looking at my phone real quick, just to make sure I didn't miss any messages. And he, from, I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want to stop Ariel. I think he's fantastic. Uh, from the sold-out Georgia Dome to the empty performance center, what a career, Goldberg. You made our people proud. 
I text him tomorrow because that was it was. I'm gonna retweet it because that tweet was amazing. That's if you think about that for a second, and you know I'm not gonna, but you can't blame Bill. Bill has no fault in it. I'm not gonna blame Bill. Do you want to know why? He's getting paid a ton of cash, and I will never ever fault. And I've said this to you, I'll never fault an athlete for taking the money. Pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, baseball, hockey, the NBA, MLS, the Premier League. I will, I will vouch, and I will support any athlete looking for more money. After covering this now for almost ten years, all athletes are underpaid. <laughs> played, especially in pro, especially in wrestling. We're yeah. under independent contractors and filling out 1099s, which is And working up. about 20 days a year. Unless you're in AEW who actually has a good wrestling schedule and only makes you wrestle once a week. And most yeah. guys don't wrestle once a week, which to me is... And still get paid really good money, which is which is well done by Tony Khan. But they... I would not even have had this match. I would have just canceled it. As soon as Roman Reigns was out... Cancel the match. Do an injury. Do something. You could have gotten out of this horrendous situation. Now, don't get me wrong. The build of this whole WrestleMania was bad to begin with. Don't even before all this happened. The only match that was matches that are really worthwhile were, and two of them are happening tomorrow. Brock and McIntyre, Edge and Orton, and then I thought Owens and Rollins was really well done, and they delivered in the ring tonight. Um, but they did no justice to uh, Goldberg. They did no justice to Bill. And I'll, and I'll say this. They did no justice to Braun. You made Braun look like a complete schmuck getting his butt handed to him for how many years when he's gotten big opportunities. You have him lose a three-on-one handicap match. And then, hey, you know what? No, You're not wrestling. We're going to give you the belt. What are you doing? What was the money wasn't is not in Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg and, and Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg or Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. I already know the result of Braun, Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. I've already seen it. I don't need to see it again. The money you could have waited until you were in a stadium or a big event like a SummerSlam and you could have done Bill Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Yeah, Goldberg, he, he was out of dates. You agree to a new deal. He agreed to a new deal later on. Hey, we're because Bill's Bill's at that point where he's like, now this is just fun, and he gets to make a few bucks. This is like the re- This is like this, this is grandkids' money. The money's going to the grandchildren. This is where this is where the money's going at this point, and and for his fetish of cars, which his car collection is amazing. But I did see that fantastic. But it's like. He's in it now because he loves. He wants to do it now. He like loves pro wrestling. Too bad he didn't love it twenty two years ago. But that's a, but that's but that's fine though. No different strokes for different folks. But you can't fault him for that either. He was in the right place at the right time. You can't. I can never fault anyone for that. But they did. They did. Bill Goldberg bad. Braun Strowman who still won the match. They made him look bad. And you made Roman Reigns look bad. And what you got was, and I said it. In the match grades piece, you can read it at sportingnews.com. And I put it in the blog as part of the headline. And I'm shocked I haven't my phone has not gone off yet 
for what kind of headline was that. I called it a disaster in the blog, in the headline. I called it one of the worst matches in the history of WrestleMania in the match grade speech. That was bad. That was like Giant Gonzalez Undertaker bad. Would you and, consider it Bill Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, 04 bad? No, because the match actually was fine. It was just the crowd crapped all over because they knew they were leaving. Oh, yeah. The match was fine. I actually had no... And they didn't get... Man, the crowd affected it a little bit, but they still went full full bore and match was fine and Austin did his thing and it made it fine but no that, that match was one of the worst matches in wrestling and let's get on from that complete nonsense because if I gotta talk about that for another five seconds I'm gonna puke my guts up I'm just I'm just gonna make one last comment and it's just oh, blah. Oh, just blah. that's now is it a situation to where does it make you want to throw the pillow at the TV kind of bad not pillow, more like my phone, and then having to go spend Sunday morning getting a new TV because they decided to get the title of Roman with no build-up. But that's neither here nor there. Now let's get to it. No promise. Now we're going to get some really good parts here. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens wins the match, and it went from where Owens won by DQ. Seth Rollins hits him with the timekeeper spell. And Owens gets back at a groggy Owens calls Rollins. He calls him a chicken. More or less calls him a chicken. And challenges him to a no-hold bards match. Like, you call yourself WrestleMania God. You know, you know that's not how you shouldn't want to go out there. Blah, blah. You know, let's have no count out, no disqualification. Rollins tells him he, tells him he doesn't want it. Gets in Get a cool spot. I don't. You, I don't. To me, it looked like a running senton off the top of the WrestleMania um, sign. My editor thinks it was an elbow. I don't know what that was. That was a pretty cool <laughs> spot through the announcer stable. Then I liked at the end. <laughs> yeah, me, Kev. I like that was. I laughed so damn hard like I am right now. Boom, bang. Took the stunner like a champ for the one, two, three, and a good match between the, the ROH alone. And the one thing I'll say, one final thing I'll say, the match was really good. I thought that, I thought it was great. Um, I like the trash talk during the, they're, they're having a running smack talking position. That was just, and you don't get that in a normal match. It's different. Just considering what's going on right now. I love that. I thought that really added to them because they're talking crap to each other and all like beating the living bejesus out of each other. I thought that was just the icing on the cake being a really good match. What I want to see from now on, and this is because of this match. This match was fantastic, but something I want to do WWE, I need a live mic on uh, Deus Hose forever, like on Kevin Owens, and I, want, I just want live mics forever because the ma- it added something that I've never seen before, and it was awesome. Kevin Owens always talks. In every match, you can see that he talks. Remember Royal Rumble 2016 when he told AJ, welcome to WWE, and threw him out, threw his ass out? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He does that. That's that's He's known about that. And honestly, this match was awesome, and I'm pretty sure it was a running senton on the spot that you're know, talking about. I don't know what that was. It was just like, you can make the con, you can make a case for an elbow. The elbow, it was kind of like, it reminded me of like a Shane McMahon elbow. 
Yeah, sort of. Like I saw it WrestleMania 32 esque Shane jumping off the off the Hell in a Cell and literally landing. Yeah, it looked the same thing. When you look at the replay in slow mo, you can see his elbow literally just crushing, like his stomach, like right on there, out of breath. That's another element that uh, no crowds had like added on there. You could see the pain and stuff. Like, oh my god, that, Jesus. You, like my girlfriend was thought he was dead. I'm like, is he dying? Like, what's happening? And he's it not had dead, dear. He's not huh? dead. He's not dead, dear. <laughs> he's alive. Damn it. He's he's get he's getting there. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but it was a good match. It was a perfect way to hopefully just close out this rivalry. Because honestly, in the last couple of weeks, I've had enough of it. Wow, really. I thought it was just picking up. I thought the promos have been the promos have, the promos been, have been good, great. but you want to make sure you end on the high supposed to dragging it on and killing it the whole thing. You know what I mean? So this is a perfect ending because the entire promo having Kevin call him out after the DQ finish, which I was highly upset about the DQ oh, so was to I. begin with. Oh my god! I was, I was about that was the moment where I almost threw a pillow at my TV. That was that moment. And I'm like, really, a WrestleMania match, you're going to end in the DQ. Then he grabs the mic, and then I was like, okay, now this makes sense. Because that's the promo. Rollins called him. He's a failure in WrestleMania. He's the god of WrestleMania. God of WrestleMania is not winning by DQ. Kevin Owens called him out on it. Ended up in a perfect, you know, high spot. Daniel killed him. Stunner. Hopefully the rival result, in my opinion. If we do see it in the future... I'd rather see it for, like, a title. I don't want to see just because Kevin Owens is sick of, you know, Messiah-type thing. I'm sitting on the line for it. As opposed to, you know what, I don't like you. I'm just going to kick you in the, in the stomach and stun you right here. Are you a fan of the Monday Night Messiah gimmick? Because I love it. I think it's amazing. It reminds me a little too much of the CM Punk Straight Edge Society. A little more, a little more muscle added to it. Because uh, if you remember CM Punk Straight Edge Society, he had Luke Gallows the muscle, and then he had the girl who I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, Selena. Selena, Selena or something. Serena. Serena Dub. Okay. That was a wrestling name. I forget like the name they had for it. Yeah, I, I, I told you. She was fantastic. Good interview. Yeah, she was awesome. Really good interview. Really. We'll have to catch up on that later. Um, but it reminds me on the whole, just copying on that a little bit. I like what they're doing. I like his group. I like the fact that it's AOP and Murphy. Murphy's going to come out of this as a superstar if they book it right. AOP, in <laughs> opinion, they should have been booked a little. They should have been the ones in that tag team chase instead of Rollins and Murphy. Yeah. But I would have rather seen AOP so you can establish them as that force that they were in NXT yeah, no, in the WWE. I agree. But. No, it, it wouldn't have been the worst thing for a DQ. It would have fit in the more they're going. I would have got, I would have been upset for a minute. But then, then I would have thought about it. I'm like, okay, I get it. I wish Rollins would have won just to continue that thing with Owens of the failure to win the big one. Because I think there's something to that. I'm really opposed to that. I get why they went with KO, and I'm fine with it, because the match was really good. 
and the finish may, I can get I can understand the finish. But if it would have went the other way, it would have been like, okay, fine. You're not gonna you're not I'm not gonna get totally upset about it. Actually before I wanna let's go back really quickly. Um so another thing that was bad in this show. Mojo Raleigh and Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, I was hoping you would have mentioned them. Gronk was the host and before the this happened right before, after Owens and uh, Rollins. Um, they were talking about, oh, Mania is so great, blah, blah, blah. It's awesome. R-Truth interrupts him. Um, Gronkowski had enough, had a form of truth. Uh, Gronkowski went for the pin, and he scored the pin and, mo- and pulled through Gronk away, and uh, Mojo Raleigh became... You're a twenty four seven champion. <laughs> we'll get more. I had to say that real quick because that just dug at me as I'm looking at my blog here. All right, another good part of the show we got here. Uh, <laughs> John, I'm not going. We're not even talking about it. No. John Morrison survives to beat Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Jimmy Uso to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Good match. Really, really good match. And this match showed why and how great John Morrison is. Look at what he did on once he left WWE. Great job in Impact. Great job in Lucha Underground, AAA, various indies around the world. This guy's a stud. He left WWE and became... He was already a stud, but he got to another level going and honing his skills on different platforms, and I get why they did the whole thing with the whole tag team with the Miz. You know, they're really good friends. You know, they, the, the tag team was really good back in the day, and I enjoy it. I think it's good. But with the Miz, I don't, and I hope the Miz does feel better because you don't want to, you don't want to wish ill will on nobody, and hopefully he does get better soon. But I'm glad this was a three way singles because I think a six way, I think a triple threat tag match would have not allowed everyone to shine here. And I thought all three guys, but more, especially Morrison, they all got to stand out here and show how good they are singles wise and kudos. And the, the end was, I thought really creative where they're each on a ladder. They're battling for the belt and Jimmy Uso and Kofi headbutt Morrison and, Lo and behold, John Morrison has the belt in his hand, falls on the ladder, which really, 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 really hurt. And the Miz and John Morrison are still your SmackDown Tag Team Champions and a fantastic match. John Morrison should be a single star, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Honestly, the, the I love the match. The match was fantastic. Kofi obviously is becoming one of the best performers in WWE. Not the better, not the best one of all time, but he's getting up there. Uh, John Morrison is a stud, and Jimmy Uso surprised me as, you know, working by himself. Fantastic. Um, greatest starship pain I've ever seen, by the way, on the ladder, on Jimmy Uso. That was fantastic. Um, what I like about this, and this is what I'm hoping on, they reintroduced John Morrison and the tag team. Just to introduce him back to people who don't know who he is, to the common, not the mark in the stance you know what i mean hopefully from here on out that they have a little fallout with the miss once he gets better 
hoping he gets better. They have the fallout. John Morrison, they have a rivalry. And that's what kicks off uh, John Morrison's singles career. Because you're right. It's time to see him, you know, you've seen what he did in Lucha Underground. You see what he thought, what he did in uh, Impact Wrestling. He was the face of their company. He can do that and if you give him a chance because, one, great athlete, great charisma, can gut, cut a good promo. Guy's a stud. He can do it all. And that's something I'm looking forward to seeing if after SummerSlam you can see a singles run for Morrison, whether it's the IC title, whether it's the Universal title on SmackDown, whatever the case may be. That's something I do want to see because you can you he hasn't lost the beat from 2010 to now. Again, greatest Starship pain I've ever seen in one round ladder. That's smooth. That was unbelievable. He's just such a awesome. fan, he's just such a fantastic athlete. You know, it's just dude so ever seamless to him. And it's like I get like man, I know it's I want this to happen. And I know I'm like, oh you're hating on WWE. I don't wanna hate WWE. You don't right now should have not even been in a tag team should have been given a good singles push and hopefully he does get one because he's got the talent he's got a good build he's got the look he's got he can talk he's got everything you're looking for why not now john morrison should be in a high profile match at wrestlemania well that's for the title or not is he relevant as long as he's getting an opportunity to compete for a big belt or a big name. Because he's got the talent. And I never knew Jimmy Uso was that good in singles. Whew. You, you know, I wouldn't give them too much of a push right now. Because I think they need a, that team needs a solid year of getting staying out of trouble. I can't reward constant trouble. Like the UFC where, you know, John Jones gets arrested. But yeah, what do they... They have no power unless he's... Unless it was like what he did and he hit the woman, the pregnant woman, and yeah, then he stripped him of the belt and so on and so forth. This um, circumstance that just happened, they're not going to, so no, no, no foul policy, which is whatever, for a different date. But you can't keep driving under the influence of alcohol and getting arrested and leaving a black stain on the company because you're, they mean, they show you're not being this seriously. And until they can get it together for more than a couple months at a time, I wouldn't give them the tag belts either, and I don't think the New Day needs the tag titles. So I think you just go through that process of elimination. Why not Miz and Morrison? Let's see what they can do. Matches are good. Morrison's a stud. Miz can't the mic. I don't like either. We'll see what happens. But I thought that second best match on the show. Agree or... or... I agree. I have it. You know what? I have it number one. Really? I thought it was okay. the best best match of the night. I can go that way too. I can. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. Um, da, 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 what do we get next? Sami Zayn. This is where, like, to me, this is where all the good stuff started. Actually, no, I'll take that back. We got one more match that was like that was actually pretty good. Sami Zayn beats best Daniel Bryan to remain the Intercontinental Champion. This match was great. It was just too short. Yep. You had Zayn playing the, the chicken shit heel. 
Daniel Bryan, the, the conquering babyface, looking to get exact revenge, become the Intercontinental, you know, and get the gold, get the thing that means most to Zane. This was just cooking. And then you had, after Drew Gulak took out Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, they came back, they attacked him from behind. Bryan got the best of him on the outside. Zane came in with the hula kick and retained the Intercontinental title. But they were just getting cooking. Daryl was like, Man, I I was like, man, this is gonna be about 15, 20 minutes. We're gonna get some good stuff here, and we got what we got. Yep. D, when you get good Sami Zayn, you're hoping to get NXT Sami Zayn because WWE. This is one of the, and they had this faction. This is the fact I call them. They call themselves the artists. I call them the missed opportunities for the WWE because all three of them have superstar, you know opportunities to all three of them are so good. Nakamura is amazing. Cesaro is a freak of nature. Sami Zayn is an awesome wrestler. You could have built out of all three of them. And when you pair Sami Zayn with Daniel Bryan, you hope to God you get 20 minutes because it's going to be 20 minutes of awesome wrestling. And then you ended up getting what about eight to 10 minutes. See, that's what we were trying to figure out. It was somewhere like in between that time frame. Of eight to ten, and that could have been man. You'd have gotten another. I think that you match had about got another like five, five, five to solid, seven, five, five to seven minutes. You still could have gotten. So it was just getting good, and it's like you cut it right off at the head, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, it was just getting good. Like I don't have more. I think that was the right finish. The finish yep. was fine. I, Daniel Bryan to walk out the Intercontinental Champion. You know, I, I thought that's a good win for Zane. And, and this is also, a te- and I just thought, I was talking about this earlier with people. It's also a testament to Daniel Bryan because he's going in there facing guys that no one, he should be facing the Roman Reigns of the world and the Strowmans and the Goldbergs and the Ortons and the Edges, you know, the Lesners and guys like that. And it's like, I don't work with Sami Zayn and be with Drew Gulak. It's like, dude, that's great. He's at that point because he knows those other guys are unlikely to get Sami Zayn. Where he knows he can make Sami Zayn a star. That's what makes a great worker. That's why Daniel Bryan's the best performer in the company. At least that's my opinion. People, You may disagree, agree, other people may disagree. Hey, that's why it's pro wrestling. Everything is, everything is subjective. In this day of age. So, but the match was good. And it could have gotten a little more. But. And the good thing about it is you ended up getting the outside interference from Nakamura and Cesaro. I love that. I love that little trio. Like, you look at them, it's no sense. (laughs) Sami Zayn's like David Koresh, and it's awesome. It's like, you are great, dude. You are great (laughs) in this role. You're the freaking. And you got these guys buying in. And it is so beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. And God bless Sami Zayn. God bless him. All three talents misused. All three of them. You want a picture of underutilized talent in WWE. Just go to the encyclopedia. Look for underutilized talent. Or dictionary, I mean. Underutilized talent in WWE. You see Sami Zayn, Silicon Camaro. And that's not the only three, unfortunately. No. If we're talking about this show... Absolutely. 
Oh, we, yeah. that is an all-day conversation. We can get into that, and like that's our conversation. Yeah. Now this is where, to me, the show started getting really fun. It started with this match: Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, for the Raw Women's Title, and Becky Lynch retained to the surprise of me and a lot of it's hard hitting. I, Shayna Baszler, this was the best I've seen Shayna Baszler in a very long time. This is the best I've seen her since her match with Kyle. Uh, her best match on the main roster, without a doubt. I was at Survivor Series, and yeek. In that main event of Survivor Series, whoo, rough. Very, very rough. I felt bad for Bailey and uh, Becky Lynch, because <laughs> Shane's rough. And, but, to Shane is testament. And even you look at the chamber, and I was like, that was the right way to book her. But you can see in square, it's like, she needs work. And she improved. And I thought she was going to get the win here. I was really, really, really. I thought they'd pull the trigger. Now, I take this as one of two things. I take this as faith. He doesn't see it. He doesn't see what Triple H and Heyman and everyone else sees. Or it could be three things. That they're waiting to do it bigger and you can get the reaction and so on and so forth. Or, and this is what I think is my important, I don't know anything. They're going to go with Becky and Rhonda. Rhonda's going to get the belt back. And you go, and I don't know where you go from there. But, that's where I think they're going. You see about Rhonda. Rhonda's tweeting. She's doing videos. She's talking about Becky. Where there's smoke, my friend, there is definitely fire. Within the next 12 months, we will see Becky Lynch and Ron Rousey. Because they're not chirping at each other on social media. They're not chirping at each other with Ronda doing videos. And Becky cutting promos on Raw without there nothing happening. Plan is what they call stay of age, ladies and gentlemen, and... I think that's what they're doing here. I think it's a smart move. I like Shayna. I, I see that, Shayna, where you don't have her in 15, 20-minute matches. You get her in 10 to 12. You get her in with a, some good workers. Like Becky's not great, but she's solid. You get her in matches like that, hard-hitting, let her use her submissions, be more technical, more a little more catch wrestling. That's her That's her. Her style. And that 10 to 12 minute time. You meant to 13. I wouldn't go no more than 13 with her. But a job well done by both ladies. I like the pin. The, the rear naked choke. Becky was able to flip back. The pin. The old Bret Hart Roddy Piper WrestleMania 8 pin. Bret Hart Steve Austin Survivor Series 96 pin. Underwhelming because there's no fans. But I like the creative finish with the pin. And job well done. It was, it was another match. And I liked the match. It was... Like you said, it wait, was wait, 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 wait. Just another match. Now, just another match. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Just another match is like Raleigh winning this that stupid twenty four seven title. This was not just another match. This was your the top baby face in your company facing the killer machine. What I meant to say was this was another match that needed more time, because again, it was one of those matches that it was starting to get cooking again. I would have given it at least. Two more minutes of them just going back and forth. Okay. 
because they were going targeting. It was the pace was quick. I was like, I was starting to get into it, and then I saw the pin, and then I was like, as soon, say when you start, you're reclined back on your chair, you're watching the match. You start leaning forward the more you get into it. As soon as I got to the end, that's when the match ended. I wanted to see a little bit more out of those two because it was getting good. They were getting, they were warm, basically heating up. And as soon as basically it got to the point where they could have made a little more magic, boom, they cut him off at the legs. What are you using magic? I, like it. You got, I got some goosebumps there. Hey, I would have liked to see a little bit more just because, like you said, you've seen what Shayna can do against people like, like Kyrie Sane and, you know, that type of match. WrestleMania, this. Obviously, the, it's not as big of a stage as it used to be. But it's something that Becky Lynch, I believe she could have pushed her for another two more minutes of actually like getting to that good finish. The pin, love the pin. Like you mentioned, reminds you of Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Bret Hart Austin, that type of pit, uh, pin. Liked it. Just a little, because it was just heating up. Give it about two more minutes. You didn't need Baron Corbin Elias to go... However long it went. Too long. And when, we'll get to there. You could have chopped off from there and added to Brian uh, to Brian and uh, saying added to Lynch and Baszler. That's what I thought on that match. I thought it needed a couple more minutes just to get the – because it left me wanting more, which is good out of a match. But at the same time, when, you, when you're at the showcase of Immortals, like they say – you want more. You want to get that little extra push that you wanted to see. Only, only knock ahead on the match. Other than that, great match. Okay, Good time. Right. Hard hitting. That's what you want to see out of those two. I give you a pass. You get a pass. Yeah. I love the fact... Oh, you get a big pass. Um, now, I remember a nine-year-old me with this Bret Hart pillow got so... No, I was 10. I had just turned 10. Was a month, a couple weeks after my tenth birthday, I jumped up like I hit my breath right next to me and got so excited when he won the title. He regained the belt. It was like I was a fan of the Hitman. Pink and Black was back. He was once again the Intercontinental Champion after that blasphemous loss to Mountie. That was horrible. <laughs> freaking loud. I loved. I'm I loved Bret Hart. Bret Hart was amazing. I have to rewatch that fight because I that match because I don't think I was old enough to remember it. Oh, very under a very underrated WrestleMania. There was some like sneaky good, like you had Michaels and Tito Santana kicking off the show, Undertaker and Jake Roberts. That was a pretty good match. Um, yeah, Flair Savage, which was freaking amazing. Hart Piper. But then you had the one of the worst main events in the history of WrestleMania. Holy crap. I tell you, you want to go to sleep. You, If you're looking for sleep tonight, Daryl, and ladies and gentlemen, when you listen to this tomorrow morning, if you're looking to take an afternoon nap to get ready for night two of WrestleMania, watch Hulk Hogan and Sid. It's all I am going to say about that. But yes, no, the right finish. The right finish was done. I could go with another two minutes of Ben. The things were cooking. Things were looking good in the kitchen, and the flame went. The flame was evaporated, and but that's okay, you know. But a little undercooked. It was a little undercooked. It was a little raw. It's like raw eggs. 
But you know what? Either meet again or you're going to go to Becky and Ronda. And I would have no problem with that at all. I think I you need closure on that. Being the ring of one-on-one. Because that's an, if you look at that's not really their... I don't think they're going to get mad when I say this, but that's their beyond listener. Becky and Ronda's their big singles program. You got two big money-making programs. I wouldn't even mind Goldberg and John Cena. I think that would be fun to watch. But you got a couple, you don't have many big-time programs that can generate a lot of money for that company right now due to their inability to make stars. And Becky and Ronda is definitely one of them. And yes, Daryl, this evening, cop, <laughs> this show did not get off to a good start. And up until that, that's when the show started to really get cooking. Elias cheats to beat Baron to beat King Corbin. The baby face cheats to win. Man, King Corbin got screwed here, man. God, I he, 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 he plain cheated. Come on, I'm not. <laughs> Why? Do, why? This booking was backwards. Why is the baby face? I get. Yeah, he threw him off that little stage, and and I get it. He threw him off about ten feet in the air, and he exacted his revenge. And man, he hit him with the guitar before the match started, and he grabbed the tights to win. Man, if you're an Elias fan, I'd be disappointed. Very they could have booked this so much more different, and it would have been a lot better. One, I would have booked it three minutes shorter. And two, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw somebody off of of a two uh, like a second story balcony, revenge is not best served by pulling the tights and getting the win. Revenge is best served by distracting the ref by some way, knocking him down, and hitting him with a guitar, and then you pin him. Not before the match even starts. That's what I would like to see. And as soon as it happened, I was like, you know what? That's the way they should have gone. As soon as Elias comes out, he comes out running. As soon they just punch each other for a little bit. Five minutes in, the ref, you know, gets distracted or gets hit, knocked. You know, WWE refs are uh, made of glass. They get hit and they're out for about ten minutes. Get the guitar, hit him over uh, either the back or the head. I don't know how their rules are because Seth Rollins took a bell to the forehead today, so I don't know what the rules are anymore. And that's how you pin him and win. It's not It's not pulling the tights. It's not a cheap trick to avenge you getting tossed from a second-story balcony. You actually hit him with a guitar with, that hurts more, and then you're good. It's simple. I get it. You don't want Baron Corbin, one of the biggest heels in the company right now, to lose you know, by uh, the babyface uh, cheating. But that would have been justified. You threw me off a second story. I'm hitting you with a guitar. All's fair in, uh, in a fight. Yeah, that was just... To me, it was just more like, oh, because Gronk made the match. And... So, you know... But God, the be <laughs> You would have thought Baron Corbin was the... You would have thought Baron Corbin was the baby face here. Which is <laughs> the way this match went. It was... It was bowling shoe ugly. Great that, by the way. Gave that a D-. minus. Me and my brother gave it about a D, D-. minus. I'll give I'll give a sneak peek here. I will let you because you know what, you know what? Because I love the fans. What did I give? I'll tell you what I gave that match. Oh, I was actually kind of kind of some of these matches. <laughs> now looking back after, 
I gave that. Oh, no. I gave that one an F. Okay. Flat F. I don't hate it. My Andreas Hale was very nice and gave it a D. Wasn't that going to be that generous? And he sends to me first. He's like, C minus. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I called him <laughs> out. You're my boss. But, dude, that was F minus. City. I give it a D. D minus. That's where I would be. Oh, that was F plus, like, all the way, dude. <laughs> no way. They would have made that little tweak. I would have given that a C minus. All right, let's get to the Raw. It's... Yep, the, the show kicked off with the SmackDown women's tag team titles between the Kabuki Warriors defending against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and we got SmackDown women's tag team champions. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, a second twisted Bliss on not the body, the knees of Kyrie Singh, which looked like it hurt Alexa Bliss. And we got new SmackDown Tag Team Champions in way long here. You oh, talk yeah. about Corbin and Elias went too long. My God, I was looking at my watch wondering when this match was going to end. I I got up in the bathroom. It was, honestly, it was pretty bad. I honestly thought it was going to be the leading... Like, after this match, I'm like, oh, man, we're in for a long night. I thought we were doing this, like, at 11 o'clock at night. Um, the match itself, beginning, the first five minutes, I was like, okay, this good pace, this good match. Asuka was fantastic because she's arguably one of the best female wrestlers they have right now. Oh, yeah. um, the camera work, and this is me literally digging back to my old IMS days. And just getting Illinois yelled at school, by a Steve Milhausen for the camera cuts. They ruined like, so many spots, man. <laughs> there is I miss so much as I, when I was your teacher. There's nothing I hate more than jump cuts. Oh. I'm a I'm a writer radio guy. All right, nothing I hate more when I'm watching TV than insane amount of jumps. Oh my god. Then that one blowing spot where you totally missed the elbow. It's the one of the best finishers in, in in the company right now. Kyrie Saint's elbow is something that you have to watch literally from a far end. You can actually see her take off and land. And Not I'm, a close up of the pen. No. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I was kidding. I like see that spot. My phone's like, what the hell? How did they not edit that correctly? I'm like, I don't know. No, it went way too long to match. Asked Kyrie saying to run the ring. Because Nikki Cross isn't bad, but Alexa Bliss is pretty bad. That's just, she's got a good presence. She's got, I like her on the mic. In-ring work. Yeah. She's not my cup of tea. Like, she's not horrible, but she's not like, She's not even as good as Nikki, and I think Nikki Cross isn't bad at all. I think Nikki Cross is a really good worker. But um The right finish, I guess. You know we're the title for a while. You know, you can go with some new fresh blood in the tag women's tag division, and it's not bad. You know, it's second time they're tag team champions. Congratulations. Hopefully they went and partied quarantine no. style. <laughs> How do you celebrate? You be like if you're Braun Strowman, if you're Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, you know, you become SmackDown Women's Tag Teams. You become a universal champion. You can't even celebrate. What do you do? 
I, if this is me, because I have this in my house right now, I go buy a case of beer and start drinking. Go home, drink at home, yep. drink responsibly. No drinking and driving, ladies and gentlemen. That is not condoned on the walkway to Fight Club. That is not a rule. But you drive home, you do not drink and drive. That is a rule. Do not do that. Drink at home, drink responsibly. If you're going to drink but, at home, lock your key somewhere. I know when we're done with this, I'm pounding some, pounding me some Guinness. I got 24 oh, Guinness. Hey, I, I, got a, I got 24 I got Guinness s- I got to start drinking. My uh, my day job ended up uh, getting me a six-pack of Guinness, too. So <sighs> I got that in the fridge ready to go. We will salute. Cheers. We will, salute. we will cheers each other. But no, that was, I thought, an odd choice to start. I would have gone with either Rollins and Owens, or I would have gone with Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. I thought that was, when I get, yeah, people are already pretty Upset that a this show pretty upset the show is not ha- the show is still happening, and it's the fact that there's no that the show is happening with no people, and I thought you'd give them a better start. I I thought they did the fans wrong here on that match selection match order because you had all this time to plan and time stuff out that match could have been and should have been not first. Um, kickoff. Which I'm not going through that whole kickoff show. We'll just go over the match because <laughs> Peter Rosenberg is god awful, and that is an hour of my life I would love to have back because he is worse than Sam. Robert, just about as worse as he actually. Him and Sam Roberts are tied for, and I've let Peter know that in the past, and he's we've had some good Twitter spats. Um, but no, Cesaro and. Uh, Cesaro beat Drew Gulak. And I like him. Why was this not given some time? They went like four minutes. You couldn't give it another at least six? Come on, man. You know Peter Rosenberg needed that time. Come on. He can get his point across. Come on. Get the heck out of here. Peter Rosenberg needs his time. This may be the last time you appear on this stuff, man. Spitting out takes defending that guy. Come on! I don't. I don't think sarcasm goes through well in this. <laughs> no, you. I got your sarcasm. You are gonna be sarcastic. At least make it funny. Jeez. That's fair. That's just. Um, that's he. But and it was another one, like you said earlier, Daryl, where it was getting. The, and this is the central theme of the night. Things were getting to start cooking, and then you cut it off at the legs again. Chop it off at the kneecaps. You know. Like four minutes, Drew Gulak and Cesaro, two great workers. You're building your pair with the with the six with the six of them, and both matches you cut off right at the cut off at the seam. It's like, why do you have the matches? Why even bother and save them instead of trotting them out there like circus animals and cutting them off, cutting them off at the kneecaps? Exactly, and it was a good match. Four minutes. Nobody knows how to how to basically make than Cesaro. Cesaro is notorious for having short matches, but always just knocking it out of the park at all times. I don't know what else he has to do to be that he's a playmaker in, in the company. Because that spot, no hands, helicopter ride, was fantastic. As soon as I saw that happen, literally hit with no hands, he's like, hey, hey, strongest man in the in the company, but nothing's happening. Who like a spinning around like a just, I don't even know those things were called. But he's just, that was a great spot in four minutes. 
you would have given them at least cut off little Peter Rosenberg out of there, you would have been fine. Nobody would have missed that. Hey, Honestly, a good, tomorrow, there's a the pre-show, job. if I wasn't doing the show, I wouldn't even watch the pre-show. I would have been probably watching because I had to call it on WrestleMania 21 in order to get ready. That was the first actual WrestleMania I saw start to finish. Mania. Fun fact. was awesome. Orton and Undertaker was good. Michael's angle was amazing. The first time ladder match. Guerrero versus Mysterio. First match to kick off off the show. You want to talk about a good opening match. WrestleMania 21. Yeah, sorry, that was the first match because then the Money in the Bank Collider match was the second match. Mm-hmm. Then Edge won the Rated R Superstar. We'll see Edge tomorrow night. But, yeah, no, it's spot on, man. Um, and you mean, it only <laughs> it only took you an hour 22 to make a funny. Congratulations. Hey, you made one. Everyone has a moment. Every every blind squirrel has not one. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, you had some good singers. What did you think of Gronk? We'll kind of end our WrestleMania well, in this portion, what did you do with old Gronkowski? Because he is getting blasted on Twitter. I'll read you how some of these tweets are. I'll tell you what This reminds me. Michael Jr. Impressed us all with Gronk's work on the prompter. Someone else at Wrestling Jebus. 2019, hey, if you think this year is bad, next year we'll be in front of zero people, zero fans and hosted by the Gronk. Uh, Bill Simmons, ooh, this is pretty good. Did anyone predict Steve would end with a round one loss to Ryan Tannehill, Brady leaving for the Bucks and moving into Jeter's house in Tampa, and Gronk hosting a no-fan WrestleMania? I am a boomer when I see Gronk. Brian Alvarez from the Wrestling Observer. And... <laughs> At Treehouse Vince, Gronk and Moe are your WrestleMania 36 hosts. Ten years from now, remember this was everyone's rock bottom. Ouch. This reminds me of... Ouch, ouch, uh, ouch. It just reminds me of that one grandpa that's hosting something, and he wants to be hip, so he invites, like, what the cool kid's like. And then he sees, hey, Gronkowski was this party guy in the NFL he's known for let, let, let's bring him in and just give him a free mic and see what happens. And then that happened. When he first came on SmackDown, I thought he was going to come in, you know, like mean, let's get in a fight. Like Shaq, when Shaq came in, Shaq came in and he actually jogged off to the big show and started like, you know, throwing hands. Gronk came in and started doing dances that I never even see. It looked like them playable to Bailey murdered like seven months ago. That's what it looked like. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing, man?" Was you were one of—he was one of the most dominant players in the NFL history, and he comes in and he's just waving his arms around like nothing. Like, what are you doing, man? They could have done something with him, and they just gave him a free mic, and I think that was their downfall. I will give Gronk credit for one thing, and one thing only: those sunglasses. Were- Actually, I'll give credit for another thing. Sunglasses were cool. I like the jacket. When you, can, when you can put your name on a jacket and do it in style, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I'm. I was a big fan of the of the fashion ensemble, the '80s, the horrid '80s club music, generic club music, by the way, horrid. 
Lord, they did that guy no favors. He he needs to get some muscle on him. Get back on the juice. Do something, man, because he looks horrible. He, he looks man. horrible, man. He looks like me and you. <laughs> now, I'm not saying uh, in terms of looks, but I mean just in terms of body. Like this guy was built like a brick. He was built like a brick house. He used to run over secondary players in the NFL. He used to run over linebackers as if it was nothing. And now I doubt he can even Mojo Riley just pick him up and like throw him like a like a trash bag. Oh, dude, hey, freaking ragdoll's ass! Literally, just <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> So this is what we got, and we'll real quickly we'll just give this quick thoughts about tomorrow night. We got the main event: Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. We got Edge against Randy Orton in the last man standing match. You got the five—I don't know—you call it a fatal five way. We call it. You got Bailey, Naomi. Um, I'm going with Lacey. Lacey Evans. Sasha. Oh God, Sasha Banks. Wow. <laughs> And Tamina, who should be the first one eliminated, hopefully. Or Tamina. Is it an elimination match? Am I correct? No, it's a five-way, just regular match. Oh, it's going to be rough. That yeah, I remember cool. uh, Cole made a point in uh, emphasizing that she does not have to be in the result in order to lose oh the title. Oh, my God. It is going to be rough. Then you got the Street Profits defending the tag titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Good for Austin Theory. A crappy situation, and he's making the most out of his opportunity. So, so major kudos to Austin Theory. You got John Cena against Bray Wyatt in a fun, fire fun, fire fun fly house. <laughs> fire, 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 fire fly fun, fun house. God, it is 11.38, so that's, sorry for me being <laughs> a little, for me, me cobbling that up there. You got a, the kickoff match with Morgan and Natalia. What am I missing, Daryl? Um, I think hmm. that's it, right? There's no more title matches. No, I believe that's it. And then uh, Dark Horse match for tomorrow, candidate Street Profits. I'm going to steal the show tomorrow. Because hmm. Angel Garza and Austin Theory can work. I... Dark Horse, okay. I'll go with that. Best match on the show will be, you know what? I'm gonna. I know people are gonna say, Ed, you know, you're gonna say Edge and Orton. I'm going Brock and Drew. Brock gonna, and Drew, I agree. Just because Brock, be Brock is motivated, now, and when Brock is motivated, it's money. Now, we'll we'll end with this part. Give your prediction for Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Who wins and why? In your mind. Who should go over? Who should go over? McIntyre. Do I think he goes over? I'm going to predict Brock is going to go over. Why? We've seen this storyline before. The baby face emerges out of the Royal Rumble. They built him up. There's this big superstar. And then the guy behind the headset in the back who changes his mind like a light switch. Constant. It's going to see, hey, we might hit a suspension and everything. Do we want to have a new champ or do we want to keep the same guy and keep the train rolling like we've done before? Honestly, okay, Vince McMahon, I don't, I don't think Lesnar – it's a toss-up at this point. It's not a sure thing like I would have said three weeks ago. 
but good point that you know just because of the uncertainty right now in the world and they have stuff filmed only through wednesday for and because there's a stay at home in florida through the end of april their whole no. plan was they shot a ton but they only shot through nxt on wednesday so i think they have actually the the following week of NXT filmed as well, if I remember correctly. I don't, maybe you're okay. I'm not going to confirm that, but that's what I thought I read. Um, but I do have confirmed they didn't, they shot Raw on Monday, for Monday, and they did shoot this week's NXT and plugged down on Friday from the PC. So you're in a situation where Georgia's got to stay at home. Everywhere's got to stay at home order, it seems like, at this point. So it's like, it seems like they're going to have to take some time off. And I don't know what came out of this big meeting, this conference today, beyond the statement from the White House with, like, Dana White, Vince McMahon, and the major heads of this, all this, the major sporting organizations. Um, You don't know. So I think that's where the point where your assessment is spot on here. Like, yeah, normally you would say, okay, the build is going to Drew winning. They pumped out Drew McIntyre all over the place. He's going to be on at the end of the podcast. I wrote an article about it on Sporting News. Um, great interview. Great guy. Fantastic. Really good interview. Because um, you're pushing. You want him to be the champion. Face of the company. This is what you envisioned 13 years ago with this guy. Because he's got everything. He's got the look. He's, he's got it more now. The look. He's finally got the charisma. He's got everything you need to be... Now, if you were talking about the guy, that could be your guy. He's still young. He's only 34. It's not like he's 44. You can get good mileage out of him where he can be the guy. But I agree with you. I go with Brock. And I know it's going to... We're going to get mad. We're going to be upset. But that's fine. This is the opportunity. You go with Brock. And you go with the bigger moment. I'd even save it a year. Make it a... Make Drew get to that point again. Can he do it again? Kind of like what happened with Cena and Rock. Rock got all... You know, Cena was all cocky. And kind of Drew started... Been acting like that a little bit too. And, you know, the veteran won. And then following year, look at what happened. And, you know, people hated it. But I thought that made Cena... Made Cena a megastar. I don't think if it wasn't for those two matches with Rock, I don't think John Cena's where he's at. We'll get to that tomorrow night, but kind of like my comparison, and maybe I'm off, maybe I'm not, I don't know. But I kind of get to see that situation that way, but and WWE just doesn't have the patience. They have the patience of, like, my three-and-a-half-year-old. And it's about Vince McMahon's got the intelligence and a half. And he's, <laughs> and it's about zero. Um, But no, that's where I would go with that, but We'll see what happens. Like, I think the match will be good. It'll be hard-hitting. You're not going to get nothing less. And I think you're going to see how good Drew Mack Hopefully that gets a little bit of time, too, because I think Drew's really underrated in the ring, and Drew's really good. If you've seen any of his stuff when he was on the indies, whoo! In an impact? In an impact, yeah. The entire can deliver the goods, so hopefully we get a good match out of that tomorrow night. But, Daryl, where can we find you on Twitter and Instagram uh. and all your funds and all your goodies? So my Twitter is uh, a bit confusing. I might have to change it. If I do, I'll let you know tomorrow. 
It's going to be D-Y Boricua 21. I'll go ahead and spell that out. It's at, <laughs> at D-Y B-O-R-I-C-U-A 21. And 21 is for Roberto Clemente. And it's the same thing on Instagram as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. You can find me at S. Milhausen MMA. You can find the podcast. I got to change it. I might even give that. I'm going to delete that Twitter. I'll come up with something else. But at the first or last time, Daryl's going to be the permanent guy here. He's going to be the guy. I don't even think he knew he was going to be the guy. But Daryl's going to be the guy. And pro wrestling because you want to know why. A, because I love him. B, he's great. And C, I produce a lot of good shit, but no, a lot going on in pro wrestling. It was night one of WrestleMania. I don't even know. I hate to call it WrestleMania 36, or do you just call it not WrestleMania? I call it WrestleMania 36. It's you got to always go by the number, always. See, I always remember. I don't remember it by WrestleMania 2005. I remember, hey, 21, 20. The only one that I remember by the year is WrestleMania 2000. See, everyone says the number. I just it's like WrestleMania. Like Google Trends and all that stuff, it's like WrestleMania 36. And by the way, WrestleMania 36, the number one trend on Google. I just checked over 1 million. Not as high as they were, as it usually is for WrestleMania. It's usually in like the four, three to 4 range. So a little bit down, but for a Saturday night, that's not half bad considering everything that's going on and how everyone feels these days about WWE even conducting WrestleMania, I think that's a number well done, I think, for WWE this evening. But, listen to the rest of the podcasts. We will be talking to Drew. I will be. An interview I did. God, 8 in the morning. It's 11.30 at night, man. It's all good. I did an interview at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was like either. This is the way WWE does their media blocks. Between 7 and 9. Central time. Like, God, kidding me. I got up at 7 a.m. I was like, what am I doing? Woke up earlier. It was like, it was 6.11. I remember it so vividly. My wife's like, yeah, right. And I'm like, that was up. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'll go to the bathroom. But then he was 20 minutes late, which was more. I hate that. <laughs> he had late. Yes, I'll say it. Possibly the, the guy who could right now be the WWE champion. Yeah. I'll tell you, Drew, you were late. And I'm not a fan of that action, dude. <laughs> Peel. No, nah, no, nah, Drew's great, though. But no. Nah. For Della Rivera, I'm Steve Milhausen. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. And right now, here is the interview I conducted earlier in the week with the guy who could be, like I just said, I pumped the top down to him, and now I'm going to rise him up again, who could be the WWE champion as he faces Brock Lesnar tomorrow night, night two. In the main event of WrestleMania 30, I call he calls himself Daryl the Sox, the sexy Scotsman, no one also known as the Scottish psychopath, the one and only Drew McIntyre.
good to hear. And you know, Drew, I was watching this video of you, and you. It was a video you were called. You wanted to. You wish you would have called yourself the sexy Scotsman. I think that sounds better than the Scottish psychopath. the sexy Scotsman, I still think you're headlining WrestleMania. Uh, I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I guess the reason they never called me my old man at McIntyre, because, you know, I've always been a bit, been a bit crazy, but no matter what my name is, um, hopefully when it comes down to the bell rings, I'm still going to kick some arse, and in the end, that's all the real matters, and this weekend, it's, you know, the the biggest, most dominant superstar of all is also got a kick for the WWE Championship. You know, I was watching WrestleMania 30, and we were doing, because we've been doing, like, anniversary pieces and, and top manias of all time, and that mania fell on our list. And I'm watching the show, and I see you in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and what do you remember about that WrestleMania? Like I want to like just no matter what I do, 
deep run for the title this weekend. I will continue to work like I'm trying to win the title, and that will always be my mentality now, is just being grateful and the hardest worker in the room, and that's certainly way, way different than I used to think I was. You know, because everyone always talks about that time you were on the Indies and you were everywhere. But I want to go in the terms of where do you think your career would be if you didn't get released in 2014? Not where I'm at now, that's for sure. Like, I think for a number of reasons, like me personally, I think it would be difficult to, to get to where I am without being away without the microscope of WWE on me, the WWE fans on me. I was allowed to kind of grow and try things and fail on like a smaller stage and uh, apply lessons that I learned in WWE without that immense WWE pressure. And when I did a lot of it with my friends in Scotland who were so supportive. And then initially, you know, I had to build that confidence until I became like a feature performer all across the world and a confident one at that. But not just for myself, I think, if you transition me from 3MD guy to fighting for the WWE title, the fans just wouldn't have bought it because of the way it been positioned for such a long time. So like, I don't think there's any way to do it for me personally. I don't think we could have done it. Maybe I could have, but for the fans, they certainly wouldn't have accepted me without going away and rebuilding myself. Because I wasn't rebuilding from scratch. When I got released, I was about 20 feet down and I had to dig up 20 feet there. So I from scratch and went from there. What was that moment? Where was that moment for you where it clicked, where you knew, like, you know what? This is where I need to be. During that time away, was there a certain particular moment for you where you're like, okay, this is it. I'm ready. Let's get back to WWE. No, there was a moment where I went, all right, I'm ready. Let's get back to WWE. Like, when I was first gone, I did talk to Jericho, Chris Jericho, and I said, and, you know, I will be back to WWE. I just got to go away and, and you know, figure out a few things. And as time went by, and I, again, I was going to fake it until I make it. Like, I was the PMB guy telling the world, I'm going to be the biggest star and in the world outside of WWE. And um, I was applying a lot of lessons I learned in WWE, but I was kind of nervous before every interview I did on the microphone, every match I had because of these like insane in-ring performers that were on independence and I was on last in most of these shows. So I was kind of nervous at first, but as time went by, I got more confident. I was leading about six or seven different companies as champion, the confidence grew, and then I saw the crowds growing along with it. And I was like, wow, this is, I'm making a difference here. Like WWE, the name sells the tickets. Very few performers can be put on the marquee, like a Rock or John Cena, etc. And and tickets sell out, but I'm making such a difference here. We grew the place in Scotland from 1,500 people to 2,000 people to 4,000 people to the biggest independent show of all time at the time. And in 30 years, over 7,000 people. And I was like, well, maybe I wouldn't be back in WWE. That was the goal. But I'm making such a difference around the world and making a very big living. I'm so creatively fulfilled. Maybe I won't be back. But during that time, I certainly clicked that I'm very confident as a main event performer because I was represented so many places. I was given the platform and my confidence was allowed to grow. And I finally put the pieces together. But uh, when eventually my impact rests on the TNA contract lapsed, my wife and I elected not to re-sign. I was rather at that time that I said to her, I'm going to decide the next move. I'm thinking probably Japan, somewhere I was going to work. My style would obviously fit in there for a bit very hard-hitting and aggressive and physical. And uh, William Regal was a mentor of mine and always has been told me, make sure you take a phone call with Triple H first. I went to speak to him. 
before you make any decisions about your future. I was on the phone for about 40 minutes of preparation during that conversation. You made it very clear that you've been following what I've been up to and was proud that I finally was starting to live up to that potential that himself and Mr. McMahon saw me all those years ago and that I went from a boy to being a man and basically, all right, it's time to get home, so get your ass home. It was more or less a conversation. <laughs> and I was very I was very adamant that it was NXT, nothing else, but that's where I was going to go. That was his vision also. I don't know if Mr. McMahon felt the same. If he wanted me Ross SmackDown first, that's kind of what I was like to believe that, um, you know, the boss wanted me on the main shows. And I said, absolutely not. Like, it was NXT first or nothing, basically, and Hunter felt the same. And that's how I came back. Why NXT? What, what was it about wanting to go to NXT instead of going to Raw or going to SmackDown? Uh, I mean, for one... I knew a lot of the guys there. It was the same guys that I knew before I left and guys I met in independence that got signed, but nobody knew who they were when I was champion for Evolve, etc. They made names for themselves and were there, and I knew the roster. And so that was people I was familiar with. But most important, uh, the NXT fans are the hardcore fans. They know what's going on around the world. They know who Drew McIntyre Galloway is now, not who he was. Which obviously Ross Smackdown and a larger audience. Mike, one, not know who I am. Two, Mike Memories, a PMB guy. Like that was important that I went for the, the right crowd. But also, an individual could make a difference to NXT. So I worked for all these other companies around the world. I was able to grow them. I was able to help the roster with my experience. And that's what I wanted to do for NXT. I wanted to go there, like, work my way to be champion, which I thankfully did, and help those less experienced to, you know, one, give them positive advice, two, don't make the same mistakes that I did advice and be a, be a leader, and that was very important to me, as well as educating the WWE fans who I am now. Was there, when you, you were talking to Triple H about coming back and going to NXT, when you get off the phone, was it the thing of, okay, I'm definitely going back, or was there, in the back of your mind, like, what if, what what happens if I get put in a situation where I was before with, 3MB or something else. Was there any like resi- like anything in the back of your mind that maybe you were like, eh, maybe I don't want to go back because of what happened last time around? Not really. My mind was pretty much made up, but I had to sit with the wife. And you know, she did mention because we got together um, towards the end of that run. Okay. In WWE, and she, she saw it better than I was, so she saw everything. And she did remind me, remember how you felt, you know, telling me, sure, this is the right move. Uh, for you right now, I told her yes. I, I know it is because I understand what happened back then. And um, you know, the company isn't going to cut off his nose to spite his face. Like if if you're able to make a difference and you're a good person and you're working hard and you deserve the opportunity, you get the opportunity. And I knew and that I was ready to not just be one of the guys, but the guy in the entire world of the places WWE. And I wanted to do that, and I wanted to do it the right way. I wanted to start my team, work my way through the ranks, and let the fans, as I say, the hardcore fans know me, the casual fans know me, the big audience don't know me, but work my way up in the fans' eyes, as well as prove to management. And Mr. McMahon probably doesn't like independence. He doesn't. This is who I am now, and I've worked my way from NXT all the way to the main event of WrestleMania, and I'm very proud of it. When was that moment on the main, when you got to the main roster? Because you're in, you're at WrestleMania with Roman, and you're going through it. It's like you're almost there. It's like already, like okay, everyone's waiting. I know I was waiting. And when was that moment where it clicked for you? Like, 
I'm gonna I'm got a real shot here of main eventing WrestleMania because they, they, those spots just don't get handed around. It's not like it's not like eating pancakes where everyone gets a pancake. It's a very select few who get the silver dollar. Yes, and you know something that like I can't see him. Like, oh my God, I never expected this to happen because it was the goal all along, the yeah. entire life, especially in the past five, six years of hard work. But, you know, my, my kind of long-term goal was like within three years of trying to be in the title match at WrestleMania. So I was aiming more for like next year, I guess. Like, I don't okay. think too far, too far ahead now like I used to when I was younger. Like, I used to think way too far ahead and things wouldn't happen. It's all about, I've got a long-term goal, but short-term goal, short-term goal. So in my head, you know, a few months ago, things started kind of clicking with a few pieces of the puzzle. I didn't quite know where they were. Things were going well. I was always in kind of featured matches, but not as the featured guy. And then suddenly I was given more microphone time, started being myself. The crowd started responding. I was having fun. They started having fun with me. I mean, the bell rings. I'm still kicking ass. That's what I do. And the fans started digging that and organically started cheering me, even though I was technically the bad guy. And then just in time for Royal Rumble, that kind of started to happen in the way Royal Rumble built with Brock Lesnar dominating everybody when I eliminated him that took I start hard at a different level and then when I won, won the Rumble and people cheered me well they couldn't turn on me because Edge got eliminated right before Roman and he just returned after nine years and the fans could have turned on that match but he did and they stayed with me and they've been along for this journey the pieces certainly came together it's happening this year I'm so excited that I'm ahead of schedule you definitely are and two more questions Drew and thank you for the time today it's really appreciated and you know, Brock Lesnar's the guy. He's the Uf former UFC heavyweight champion. He's done it all. NCAA heavyweight champion. What he's done in WWE. Almost made the NFL without playing football since high school. What does it mean to you to be facing the person who is deemed the guy, not just by the fans, but also the casual fan who only watches WWE every so often? Yeah, I mean, everything. He is the guy. He is the special attraction. He is... Um, not just the man it's like okay in pro wrestling he's pretty bad like in life in history he's one of the baddest men that ever walked the planet like you say he tries to go just for a laugh I'll get that try go to the last cut and if I get an accident right before it so he wasn't 100% and then okay I didn't work out try your UFC I was depressed so I've never been striking before I'll try that UFC won the title twice like this is a different level athlete different level human and when I was outside the company, I told this story a few times, I used the image of fighting Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania as motivation because, you know, I kind of learned to visualize and see things in my head outside the company and I would picture it was the biggest scenario in wrestling. Like, I could, I got a train for him. Okay, Brock Lesnar's the biggest attraction. He's so unpredictable in the ring. So you got to look believable, stand in front of him. There's nothing worse for a casual fan to see somebody stand in front of someone and laugh. So I got to be able to stand in front of him and look believable against him. So that pushed me in the gym. I got to make sure my intensity is up in the ring. That's something that was always good, but I upped it even more to make sure I'm very tense in the ring. And Paul Hagen was on the microphone for one of the best talkers of all time. I got to be verbalize myself. So that's what I used as kind of motivation outside the company, just what I saw as the biggest possible scenario I could ever be in a wrestling. It was always intended to be the number one guy. And that pushed me forward. And the fact that that thing I used years ago as mental motivation is actually materializing right now. And the fact that I did go face-to-face -face with Brock in Brooklyn a few weeks ago, and people didn't laugh, they gasped, and went, oh my God, she was looking down at Brock. Well, look at the size of him, and that's all through imagining and training and preparing for this moment, just as that would be the ideal situation. 
you know, the AD situation is happening, and it's happening in Rosalina for the WWE table. And when it's all said and done, what would it mean to you to become the first Scottish-born wrestler to become the WWE champion? Yeah, it would mean, like, everything. That was the goal of mine since I got signed to WWE since I was a kid. It's not just being the first Scottish-born, that's really cool. There's only five million Scots in the world, which is crazy considering our unique history. But I would be the first Brit yeah. to win at Scotland and England. I'd be the first person from the UK with Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Like, it's, it would be a very, very special deal. I was the first person from the UK to win the Royal Rumble. And if I become the first person to win the WWE title and inspire people over there to show, it, just because, you know, it seems far away and it seems like an American thing. It's not. It's a worldwide thing. If you work hard enough, you can achieve anything. Just look at the American players. Well, Drew, this was a pleasure. Thank you for the time. I know you're doing a big, big time media tour, so thank you for the time. The best. We can't wait to watch WrestleMania this weekend, and the best of luck against Brock Lesnar. Appreciate it. Buddy. All right, thank you.